Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition of The Card is Going to Change, brought to you by AIW. On this week's episode, we will talk about the show that took place on December 30th, 2016, The Jelly of the Month Club. It was the last show of 2016 for AIW. My name is Steve Guy. I will shortly be joined by AIW owners John Thorne and Chandler Biggins to discuss this. But first, we want to mention our sponsors. Uh, big thanks to Smartmark Video, who takes care of all of our recording at our events. Catch them. They've got DVDs. They've got MP4s. However you want to stream the videos. So make sure you check that out from them. Also, thanks to Angelo's Pizza, always feeding us and taking care of us, making sure that we're very full. Uh, our stomach's not warm this episode. And then, of course, we want to thank Jack Prince, who takes care of all of our printing needs. Check, check, check. Prince.com. Really struggling through the open there. All right, so we're going to talk. Bad one. I got to correct you. Well, jakprince.com is your word there, Chandler Biggins. That is Chandler Biggins, one of the owners. John Thorne also here with us. And today, as I mentioned, we are talking about Jelly of the Month Club. Gentlemen, it was fun. John Thorne doesn't remember a lot of it. I don't remember any of it. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I know people got real depressed on the Double Dare episode uh, because it seems like, you know, personal tragedy is something that mars some of our shows. And uh, I remember there was a December show. Uh, my father passed away on Tuesday and Friday. We had a show and we're of the mindset where you never cancel. And then, uh, you know, Double Dare, we talked about how I lost my, one of my best friends and we had the show the following week. Uh, so this is something that is not uncommon in the AIW realm of trying to work out shows when there's tragedy in your family. We, we wish it were, we wish it were uncommon. Oh, for sure. But it's just yeah. one of those things where, you know, it happens, uh, more than we would like. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a crazy week for me. Uh, the day after Christmas, my uncle was uh, found dead at my grandmother's house in the, in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, so, you know, uh, it was pretty, it was very unexpected. Uh, he was just in town for Christmas from North, with his family from North Carolina. Came in on Friday. Was supposed to leave on Tuesday. He died on Monday. So then that became just a crazy week for myself and my family, trying to, you know, get things organized for a funeral and um, just uh, really, really like just depressing time uh, coming out of the holidays and stuff like that. And I think especially in your family's case. You know, a lot of a lot of stuff was done around Christmas time. Like, you know, I I look at Christmas as one of my father's holidays, so it's never been the same. And I think with Thorns losing his mother, I think holidays have never been the same. So holidays are just rough around the around the entire AIW management circles. Yeah, uh, it was just you know it was, it was weird. It, it was a weird time. Uh, you know, my mom had just passed away about a year and a half ago. Uh, the whole family comes together pretty much just on Christmas. You know, we have a pretty decent Christmas, and then the next day, um, you know, my uncle is found dead. So uh, that just became an, an awful thing to deal with, you know, especially for my grandmother. That's her third child to die. Uh, so that was like a, a, a whole crazy ordeal of me trying to kind of keep her, you know, her spirits up as much as possible. Um, <coughs> Friday, you know, I'm, I was a pallbearer. Friday morning, I was a pallbearer at his, at his funeral. Uh, there was like a after luncheon type of thing with an open bar, which I took full advantage of. Um, and I just kept drinking throughout the day until I made my way to AIW. And I was 
and a full blackout by the time I got to AIW. Well, and, you know, he when he first told me, he goes, you know, I don't know what the arrangements are going to be, uh, but it's going to be a rough week for me. And so I told him, you know, and I talked to a couple of our key people, and I'm like, hey, you know, we need you to step up this week. Because basically, I knew he was going to be gone all week, so any show issues... Uh, I was going to have to deal with her, you know, delegate stuff to people. But think, you know, thank God we have a great staff and uh, crew. Uh, so they were able to handle everything and uh, handle all that. And then Thorne, basically, other than two things I needed that week, you know, he was pretty much uh, I would talk to him about stuff. But, you know, there wasn't any tasks for him left to do, which, you know, normally the week of the show is, you know, that's D-Day basically the whole week. Yeah, it was just like it was crazy because we didn't know. I didn't know, you know, when the you know when the wake was gonna fall, when the funeral was gonna fall. Yeah, I don't think you even said you were gonna be at the show till I think like Wednesday night. You're like, I can make it now, but I gotta do stuff all day. Yeah, because you know, I we just didn't know how that was gonna how that was gonna play out because since he was from or since he had been living in North Carolina for the last ten years, there was a discussion of possibly doing it all in North Carolina. So we, my family, didn't know if we were gonna have to you know, kind of pack up and shoot to North Carolina or, or what. So it was kind of a hectic thing trying to work all that out with, uh, you know, my aunt, his wife, and uh, my grandma <coughs> and everybody else, that you know, the rest of the family. So once it was finally worked out, I was able to kind of coordinate my schedule that I was going to be free by the, by the afternoon on Friday and I was going to be able to make it. Uh, but, yeah, that was definitely a weird situation coming through all, like, dealing with all that throughout the week and then still kind of in the back of my head worrying that, you know, I, I do have a show to still kind of promote and <coughs> help with and, you know, people that still, you know, were contacting me and stuff like that because, you know, uh, that that doesn't stop. Like, you know, the show doesn't stop for, you know, for, a tr- you know, something going bad in Shows my life. Shows don't or, stop for anything. They, yeah. You know, the days fly by until it's there. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely a, a, a crazy situation. Uh, I end up, you know, just uh, I end up, you know, having some drinks in the afternoon after the funeral because it was a pretty. I'm not gonna lie, it's a pretty. A yeah, it was a pretty. It's a pretty heavy thing to be a pallbearer. I never did that before. That is intense. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, that's that's an intense thing to deal with. It's, uh, it's an honor, but it's not. Yeah, fun. it's yeah, it's 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 pretty. It's it's messes kind of it messes with you a little it's bit not mentally. A celebratory thing, right? Yeah, it messes with you a little bit mentally, and uh, so you know. Uh, I ended up, you know, drinking, and then uh, after it's all done, Nick Sanka, the AW bartender, he came and picked me up, and then uh, <coughs> we were on our way to AW, and I said, "Well, let's just let's stop at uh, let's stop at a bar." We kept drinking, and then uh, shout out to Happy Dog. Yeah, shout out to Happy Dog. I went to Happy Dog. I get a text. Uh, we're setting up the venue, and I get a text from Thorne. It goes, "I'll be there a couple minutes. I'm stopping at Happy Dog," and then that was about two hours. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I was feeling I was feeling pretty pretty good. Uh, and I legitimately, I think it is the AIW show I saw the least of because, you know, I get there, I <coughs> talk to some people, whatever. Um, you know, it was, it was really nice. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, gave me their condolences. A lot of fans stopped me. Uh, I was pretty, you know, it, it was a pretty nice thing to kind of feel that from, you know, from not only the AIW locker room, but a lot of tons of fans, uh, you know, stopped and spoke to me and, uh, you know that was a that was a pretty cool thing to you and know, I experience. think anybody that didn't stop you stopped me to send my, their regards to you because they don't want to bug you. <clears throat> yeah, so it was just uh, you know that that was it was kind of nice to use AIW as an escape, so to speak, uh, instead of you know it, it was a 
dealing with all that stress and then just being able to go and just be around all those people and uh, have a good time. It was definitely something that I needed. Uh, so thanks to everybody that, you know, spoke to me and, uh, you know, it, it meant a lot. So, uh, that being said, and, and again, if, if I could, on behalf of you guys, thanks to everybody in AIW that did step up throughout that week. And I think that speaks volumes of the AIW family, uh, knowing, Hey, this is a moment that, uh, we all kind of need to take charge in, in different avenues and, and different things. And everybody did a great job. So, uh, but getting into the show itself, Oddly enough, this was a show that when it was first kind of planned, you know, it was it kind of centered around the after party, which was to be the Ronda Rousey fight. Your well, best friend, Chandler Piggins. Yeah, my best friend. Uh, we were talking. We were talking before on like the AMA episode about you know scheduling around other things and all this stuff, and we picked out this date because you know it's it's hard to run before Christmas in December because people are using all their money for like gifts and uh, sure. you know family stuff and then it seems like the good part of December is between Christmas and New Year's and it just fell on the 30th this year and usually we have no problems running you know between Christmas and New Year's well then all of a sudden there's rumors of a UFC show and we're like oh that's weird because I thought they were on Saturdays which you know that won't affect us too much but then we heard rumblings of Ronda Rousey and then we're like, oh, shit, because, you know, t we were thinking this is going to be one of the craziest things ever. And, you know, obviously, you know, we had Ronda Rousey this year, so we want to, you know, uh, play towards that. So we're thinking let's set up an after party, which we did. And we're going to keep the show shorter because I definitely think that, you know, when the pay-per-view buys come in, it's going to be a major, major, major hit. Yeah, we knew, you know, we kind of planned for this months in advance. Um because once the rumors kind of started <coughs> coming out that Ronda was coming back, uh, it was coincidentally right after she had appeared at AIW. So, you know, I spoke to Shane and I said, hey, what do you know about this? And it was kind of like, hey, uh, <coughs> I think I'm pretty sure, yeah, that's that's going to happen uh, before it was announced. So we kind of knew to plan accordingly uh, because we knew no matter what, even if you're not a UFC fan, uh, people wanted to see a Ronda Rousey fight for the most part. Uh, for better or worse, people wanted to watch it. And with the whole story and everything, we thought this is going to be a huge like cultural uh, thing, not just like, you know, oh, I like MMA. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we had planned well in advance to keep it a, a much shorter show so people could, so, so we could accommodate people and they could do both. And initially, Shane, there were thoughts we were going to have, Shayna booked on the show, correct? And she was booked, uh, but then she got the Japanese uh, Japanese tour that she's on now. Yeah, so, um, you know, initially we were going to do something similar to Bloodsport. Like, you know, that's why we had Matt Riddle initially booked. We were going to, we had Shayna booked. Um, and Shayna was offered the tour of uh, Stardom. And she'd kind of, <coughs> she asked if she could take, take the show off. Since, especially since, you know, the big, like, we didn't really discuss last, uh, last week, but... You know the big the big blow off match that we wanted to do was her and Heidi for a rematch, and since we had to you know do that uh, well in advance, um, you know before we really wanted to do it, we did it at Hell on Earth to get Heidi one last time. Um, you know we had no problem giving Shayna December off, you know, because that was that was really the big money the big money match as it was. Um, so you know we we had really no issue with that, and then you know obviously the whole Matt Riddle thing happened. Um, so then we just <laughs> we make sure not to book too many people for for the event so we could keep it short because we 
we knew that on top of it all, people wanting to see Rousey, they knew that Rousey wasn't going to fight till at least midnight. Right. So then we get the show is happening in itself, and we talked about last episode, a gentleman who took about a decade off of wrestling opened up Hell on Earth, and it went so well, why not give Mike Tolar the opportunity to open up Jelly of the Month Club as well? So Mike Tolar makes his second match back from yeah, retirement. He's, he's back full-time. He, You know, like uh, Thorne said last week, he's feeling it. And he had the match with Sean Schultz, and that was a, that was a solid opener. It was, it was fun. People and really like, enjoyed you know, it. We've talked multiple times about how uh, how we try to cater to different styles on our shows and have like, you know, the smorgasbord of styles. And I think they definitely were like kind of a, uh, kind of like a, not a WWE style, but like a, like a more ground based professional wrestling style. Just like, like, just like a good old fashioned, you know, pro wrestling. Like just solid work. Yes. Like, and both of those guys are, Sean Schultz especially is, you know, what they would probably call a, a good hand or whatever in professional wrestling. The guy has all the fundamentals in the world. Um, extremely, extremely talented guy. So we also wanted to put him in there with Tolar because Tolar's, you know, just coming back, you know, and it's just like let's expedite, to- expedite Tolar's, you know, kind of uh, refresher in getting back into the world of pro wrestling and put him in there with Sean Schultz, who's going to get the best out of him and, you know, kind of bring it out of him, uh, and bring things out of Tolar that he probably didn't even think that he could still even do because, you know, like I said, like we said last week, he's taken a decade off of wrestling. Um, so this is only his second match back in a decade. And it's our whole thing of throwing people right into the fire. And for those keeping track, Mike Tolar wore the black trunks with silver pockets on the back. Those pockets. Gotta love the pockets. Uh, the next match we had uh, kind of an ongoing storyline with AIW, BJ Whitmer and Dominic Garini. Uh, crowd loving the fact that the Duke took the pile driver from Dominic Garini, that degenerate gambler, the Duke. <laughs> yeah, we want we wanted to uh, potentially get uh, some more some more podcasts with the Duke, but uh, he's got a lot of money riding on the pro the pro NFL uh, these days. So he's he's got to he's got to keep an eye on all his wagers. He doesn't have time to podcast. If the Duke shows up one time and he's missing fingers or has a busted kneecap, it's he couldn't make his bets. The, uh, the third match of the night ended up being the singles debut for the seven-foot savage P.B. Smooth at AIW. Uh, as he took on Eddie Kingston. Yeah, talk about throwing in the fire. You know, P.B. Smooth, we've talked about him before on the podcast. I don't think, and same thing we did with Frankie Flynn, I don't think there's anything scarier than realizing uh, Eddie Kingston, the guy that Hardway bloodied most of the Chikar roster at one point or another, uh, is coming. And we kept telling Kingston... Leading up to this match, we want Yonkers Eddie, not Orlando Disney World Universal Studios Eddie. Yeah, you know it's <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things like you know talking about uh, giving Dominic Garini an opportunity. Same thing with PB Smooth. It's just like you know these guys are are very very new in pro wrestling, and we're we're trying to create some new talent. And uh, what better way than saying, hey, get in there with a you know Eddie Kingston's like a 16 year veteran or something, you know. I, and- and to jump back, that's the same thing with Dominic Garini with Zack Sabre or B.J. Whitmer. I know he has a feud right now with B.J., but like B.J. Whitmer and Kingston are two guys I think could teach anybody anything. And I think they're two very underappreciated guys, I guess, in the overall grand scheme of professional wrestling uh, as far as fans go. Uh, there's not two more knowledgeable and solid guys for 
new talent to learn from or get something out of than than working with BJ Whitmer and Eddie Kingston. And that's what we wanted to do with PB. You know, it's just one of those things. You know, PB is uh, you know he's been he he drives ninety minutes uh, twice a week uh, each way to come and train at the IW school. Um, you know, he has a lot of dedication, and he has uh, he he really wants to advance his career and be you know he he is investing a lot of time in himself uh, and training and things like that. So you know that that's the kind of guy that we're going to give an opportunity to. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, he's seven feet tall. He has all these different uh, physical abilities. He could just rest on his laurels, but that's a guy who's working as hard as anybody. Yeah, he has all the physical attributes in the world, but, you know, he still needs to learn the actual, like, art of professional wrestling. And, uh, you know, let's throw him in there with a veteran like Eddie Kingston. And just like we said with Dominic Greeny, give him enough rope to hang himself with, you know, he's either going to sink or swim. And I think he did very well from what I'm told. I don't, I didn't see it at all. <laughs> he did do don't well. Get the, uh, MP4 it when was it comes a, out. it was a good match. Uh, you know, shout out to our, our boy, Eddie Kingston for getting that impact Twitter handle. Now get on TV five, six times. And now you have a, a second Twitter account. Slap, not verified yet. Slap nuts. That's all I'm saying. I got slapped in the nuts by Eddie Kingston. That's not what I was talking about. That was 22, though. Oh, okay. Well, it happened. Uh, Planet next Jarrett, match. baby. The ch- 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 chosen one. <laughs> the The next match that we had uh, kind of had to come about because, as we talked about in the last episode, Gringo Loco on the, on the mend from having a heart attack, so we had to bring in different tag teams. There's the Jollyville Fuckets back again, and they were taking on the Carnies, who some people may recognize formerly known as Team IOU. They participated in the Double Dare weekend, and a lot of AIW fans really were excited to see this team back. And Double Dare was their second to last time as IOU, I believe. Yes. And, you know, that's one of those things that, you know, uh, the Matt Riddle situation happens, and, you know, it benefits guys like you know, the Carnies, Team IOU, because we needed a, we needed a spot filled and, uh, you know, they were available. So, And they're the type of guys that if you give them a doorway, they're going to kick the door down. That's just how they are. Um, you know, we were talking about uh, in the winter episode, Tyler Black, and he's never going to miss a date. Like the Carnies are that type of mentality where we'll go anywhere, anywhere in the country and we're never going to miss a date. And, like, you got to respect that kind of uh, – you know, kicking doors down and doing whatever they can to make it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I guess, you know, they, they turned the negative into a positive and, uh, you know, uh, from, like I said, I didn't see any of the show really, but right. from, from, you know, reviews and feedback on social media and things like that, they more than over delivered, uh, against the fuckets. And like, I think they're a team that, you know, they might not be on every show, but we'll definitely try to use them because they fit in great. They do a hell of a job out there. Uh, their new gimmicks are great. The top hat and the mask. Uh, they're just solid all around. Yeah, really helping to bring about and, I guess, regrow, so to speak, the AIW tag team division overall. Um, and and to John's point, yes, that was initially the match, too, that was supposed to feature the tag team of Matt Riddle and Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. That didn't happen. The Carnies step up. They step in. Hot Sauce Tracy Williams still on the card. He happens to be in the next match, which was a four-way, and Hot Sauce picks up the win over Laredo Kid, Sanjay Dutt, and back at AIW, the bad boy Joey Janela, 
and he brought some company this time. And Penelope, the bad girl, the bad girl, Penelope Ford. Now, how did you handle that, Chandler Biggins? Did you talk to her? Were you okay? Oh, I have no problem with her. Oh, she was fine. Yeah, okay. she was fine. She shook my hand, and uh, Joey go. Joey asked Thor and I. He goes, uh, "Can the bad girl be on the card?" And we said, "Absolutely." <laughs> and I, I was just drunk enough uh, to say, "But I mean, I'm not giving you any more money." <laughs> Uh, yeah, that and uh, she'll, chances are if she's open, she'll be on Girls Night Out. We discussed that. Uh, she, she's a good talent. Joey is just like unbelievable. Joey is just like the it guy right now, and he delivers every time. Uh, but Laredo Kid, uh, that not getting lost thing uh, was only for a month. Well, and this was his birthday, actually. Yes, Laredo Kid's birthday. Uh, he turned, uh, I, he turned, I don't know how much, but he kept telling everybody it's his birthday. Parts unknown. Parts birthday, unknown. Birthday unknown. Uh, but throughout the show, uh, I'm checking my phone cause I try to check social media live to see, you know, to monitor social media, like especially the AIW account. And I get a notification. Laredo kid is live on Facebook. Uh, but Laredo kid was sitting two tables down from me doing his live video <laughs> And I kept yelling to him, and then five seconds later on the video, I would see him doing his hand movements. So Facebook Live is not actually live. There is a delay. Well, sure, it's got to go up to the satellites that are in the air. Zuckerberg's house. Go to Zuckerberg's house. But did he get lost? Yes, he did get lost. You you, you really went to a different area. Yeah. You said he got lost, and then you talked about Facebook Live. (laughs) And it turns out out he was two tables down from you, which is Uh, not lost at all. Laredo Kid, we were talking yesterday, or last episode, about how shitty Cleveland's airport is. And so uh, Cleveland, to get a good Laredo flight that day, whatever, was impossible. So Laredo Kid flew in the night before. So he sent somebody... Uh, to go get him while well, he's waiting at the airport. Loretto Kid Facebooks me and says, I'm here. For the next half hour, he is you can't contact him, and the guy is looking for him in the airport. All of a sudden, uh, probably about 45 minutes later, Loretto Kid hops back on Facebook, goes, oh, I'm in the car with the guy. <laughs> the guy asks Loretto, where were you? He goes, oh, I was on the plane. And then he goes, but where were you for the last half hour, 45 minutes? Loretto goes, oh, I'm here now. So we don't know where this time went. All, but all I do know from from this is at some point there is a photograph of Laredo writing Laredo in snow. Uh, so I think he had disappeared. And yeah, he definitely went outside somewhere. And he he just well, I think that was at the hotel, but it might be at the airport. Yeah, I think he may have just decided. I, I don't know if he's ever seen snow before. He wrote. All I know is, you know, I'm dealing with all this family stuff, and it's I look on Facebook and I just see Laredo. <laughs> Written in snow. Laredo Kid. Laredo Kid written in snow and my Facebook feed. And I go, what the fuck is going on? Like, is he here? Like, uh, I had. I I don't think Thorne ever knew that he was coming in the day before. Yeah, I had no idea. So I was like, I was super confused as to why (laughs) Laredo Laredo Kid was writing his name out in snow. So the person that we sent to get Laredo Kid at the airport, usually it's Dave the Potato Dawson, but he was busy that day doing what? I don't know. Uh, so the person we had at the airport goes, I can't find him. I said, check the Cinnabon, because Loretto Kid strikes me as a guy that loves cinnamon buns. What a strange topic. So, <laughs> but that's what I told him. I said, check the Cinnabon at the food court. And was he, in fact, at the Cinnabon? No, he wasn't. <laughs> so you were wrong. Yeah, I don't know where he was. Are you All sure right. you just didn't want Cinnabon? No, I live so far away from the airport, it wouldn't have been worth it. So uh, on to the next match. For the second show in a row, we have a match that is weird and features a female and another competitor. 
And then that match is, of course, Britt Baker having a match with Swaggle. I mean, we got to get those YouTube hits up, man. I mean, what was the theory, the thought process behind this? Yeah, we have a girl and put her against a midget. <laughs> All I know is uh, Britt Baker probably never worked a midget before. And Just like uh, Teresa Smothers. Right, exactly. And that's why we had uh, back to the four-way. That's not why we. Oh. That's the secret reason why we booked Sanjay Dutt is he's Swaggle's handler. He has to age in all he Swaggle's all mat- matches. Yeah. That's he's, right. He's, he's the official. He's official uh, producer for all Swaggle matches. He, he did agent the uh, yeah the Swaggle Tracy Smothers match. Shout out to Sanjay Dutt who is at least the one person in the world that appreciates me on this podcast. Shout out to Sanjay Dutt for giving me the best compliment I've ever received in my life. He says, I am the most well-functioning drunk he's ever seen next to Jeff Jarrett. And that's a hell of a compliment. <laughs> that, is a hell, that is a hell of a compliment. And he's, I think everybody on this podcast does love Double J. Shout out to J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T. But I, I don't think I've ever received a better compliment than being a just as well-functioning drunk than Double J. Mr. Dutterson, very complimentary. Do you have also wood guitars? Uh, I wish. Do you have laser-engraved John Thorne guitars? I wish he did. No, I don't. I do not. But I'm sure words words can give us a an accurate count on how much is in the TNA warehouse. <laughs> so, Robbie Robbie E. Hater shades. No, don't none of those. So Swaggle and Britt Baker have a couple elements. This match starts off with a slow dance to the theme from Titanic. Celine Dion's "My Heart Will Go On," and then Swaggle tries to romance her a little bit, and then he got kind of aggressive there, don't you think, Biggins? Tied her hair to a guardrail. Midgets are angry. <laughs> I, he actually threatened to stab me in the throat if I untied her hair. From he wasn't Leprechaun Origins, man. Yeah, that's true. And then Swaggle, he made it to the after party. More on that. Oh, we'll more on that, that momentarily. Uh, as Eddie Kingston. Uh, the next match was the intense championship title match. Alex Daniels with Gregory Iron taking on Matt Cross and the return of Grandma Cross. Which she just bought a GA ticket, but somehow found a seat in the front row. Front row. And she was sitting in the bleachers, but then for this match, she moved up like it was like WrestleMania <laughs> right. when they moved that certain the matches families. family. Exactly. I don't know. She came in through the front door. Everybody's like, oh, she's a plant. She's this. She came in with M-Dog's mom and they bought tickets. And then she asked me where the beer tickets are. Finds herself in the front row. Finds herself confronted by Gregory Iron. And for the second show in a row, well, Gregory Iron. M-Dog started it because he goes, Grandma, get him. <laughs> And that's another clip on the internet that I find hilarious. I don't think it's a Vine anymore because Vine's dead, but it was a quick uh, qu- like cl- quick clip on Gregory Iron's page. He had a video somehow. Yeah, Grandma Cross just throwing straight chops right to the chest of Gregory Iron. I See, I got to get sober for these shows, man. Oh, I lose yeah. fan att- a fan attack Gregory Iron finally after all these years, I mean, and it was an 80-something-year-old woman. It started off with Greg Iron saying salacious things towards Grandma Cross, well, which is the, not the best part was The best part was when I'm watching it, he's doing pelvic thrust and blowing her kisses, and then she starts blowing kisses back, right. and I thought, whoa, this is getting weird. <laughs> and then she beat him down. she was trying to lure him in to attack him. Uh, that's, that's exactly what happened. I basically take a night off and uh, fucking... Uh, all control is lost when Biggins has the keys to the castle. Yeah, 80-year-old women are on the card. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, in the final match of the night uh, was supposed to be Josh Prohibition, Tim Donst, and uh, if you were at the show or... Josh Prohibition versus Ray Monroe. Yes, sorry. Josh Prohibition versus Ray Monroe. Oh. It becomes Ray Monroe versus Tim Donst because Tim Donst attacks Josh Prohibition, 
Yeah, and Josh was already coming into that injured, so Tim Donch just uh, re-injured him, so that's why he was not able to wrestle. Shows how much I know. I, all I know is Tim Donch wasn't even booked, and then this fucking... I he looked, was there in a Santa outfit, and then he gave the Santa outfit away to somebody. Yes, yeah, Santa came out, distracting Josh Prohibition. Which, and uh, Tim Donce using Santa Claus as a distraction when it was the 30th, the 30th. of the month. Well, Biggins, I think that's Biggins. why Josh was so confused. Biggins, what the fuck do you got going on on the show? Tim Donce must have found like a 90% off Santa outfit on the way to Cleveland. And Tim Donce, he just kept rambling about trying to get Gary back to get to Lobster Buffet. I don't know what's going on. We're losing all control, man. I don't know what's going on at that Lobster Buffet. Thorne gets drunk and he just Lobster Buffets and Santa Claus. and I got to... I gotta enter the fucking AA program or something because I've so this show sounds like a fucking circus. The, the show itself uh, was fun. Obviously, pick up Jelly of the Month Club from Smart Mark Video, however you want to watch it. But then I'm definitely gonna pick it up because I don't fucking remember a thing. <laughs> but then the real fucking action: Santa Clauses and midgets and fucking Tim Donst. What the fuck, grandmothers? The real action comes at the Jelly of the Month Club after party. Uh, once again, thanks to Mahal's. We hope you'll have us back after we finish this story. Uh, we're invited to watch the Ronda Rousey fight there. We Which do. They, they coordinate in a matter of days. Yeah, they give yeah, us the very last minute. because it was somebody named Steve Guy's responsibility to find us an after party. Well, Steve Guy was told, "Don't worry about it." When Shayna Baszler wasn't booked anymore. Well, we were trying to get a pizza day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yes, I was still working on it, but don't worry. Anyway, so we're there. They, Lauren, they Lauren nice from Mahal's puts this together in a couple days. It gives so, us a private so, room so, with yeah, a big there, screen. It's a private room upstairs at Mahal's, and we're watching it on a big screen, like you were saying. And so the fight ends, and everybody's you know wound up because they just saw fights. A lot of dive well, joke. A, before you continue to worry, I think you're going. I just want to put the blame on Hornswoggle and Eddie Kingston <laughs> for. Taking advantage of my condition, as it was, uh, throughout the evening, and it, when we arrive at Mahal's, they decide to give me shots of Jameson, which I hate. I hate it. And uh, Well, he is an Irish leprechaun. What else is he going to drink? So, so they, they give me these, uh, they give me, I don't know how many shots of whiskey. And, uh, you know, that is where I am going to leave it. Yeah. So we're just standing around talking, you know, upstairs. Uh, there's still, you know, a bunch of the folding chairs around. And this one and AIW fan uh, kept coming up to us. Now and, known as Kenny Wang. Yeah. He kept going, <laughs> hey, man, you remember when you guys booked Kenny Wang? And nobody knows what he's talking about. Nope. And then about 10 minutes into this, people figure out he's talking about Jimmy Wang Yang. Yes. But Hornswoggle keeps calling him. Hey, Kenny, get Kenny over Wing. here. And, and so this guy all of a sudden thinks, hey, man, do you guys would you guys be impressed if I jump out this two story <laughs> window? And we go, number one, you're going to break the window jumping out of it. Number two, you're going to die. He goes, no, man, I land on my feet. Which your legs would break. Now, during this time, Hornswoggle, for some reason, thinks we're only about 10 feet in the air. He has no clue how oh, he, high up we actually he has, are. He has, you know, he's a small right. guy, so yeah. it doesn't doesn't really affect him. Hornswoggle offers him $100 to actually do this and jump out the window. And Kenny Wang was thinking about it. And until, then he ups it to 250 Until Worldwide takes him out of the room. Worldwide took it upon himself to be the bouncer in Mahal's, even though his tag partner is the real bouncer in Mahal's. But now you have to go back to the reason why Kenny Wang was escorted from the room, 
because as Hornswoggle keeps trying to barter with him to jump out the window, meanwhile, Kenny Wang says, if Eddie Kingston will go down there, I will uh, send Zahn out if I can land on him. Eddie says, no way. And then this is where drunk John Thorne comes into well, play. John Thorne at one point, I think, was asleep. He was. And then he wakes up. The <laughs> jacket up. comes off. Yeah, he wakes up. He throws the jacket off. And He's he wearing just, suspenders. I, I had a full suit on. I've, suspenders are on. Uh, so there's all these folding chairs up in this room. It's just an empty room with like random like 70s furniture and then folding chairs. Well, he just starts sabooing people with chairs. Well, first, you got to remember, he gets up and he's taking off his suspenders and he tells Kenny Wang Yang, he's finally done. He's tired of hearing about this jumping out the window. Meanwhile, and he looks at him and says, hey, man, you going to talk about it or be about it? <laughs> Meanwhile, for the last like probably 20 minutes, Thorne was asleep. His yeah. eyes were closed and his head was down. He wakes up with more energy than I've ever seen a human being have. Ready to fight. I had, a, I had a power nap. But then you just got mad at him for just being obnoxious. So well, you were gonna, don't tell me you're going to jump out of a fucking window and then not do it. <laughs> and so, this is why he gets escorted yeah, out of the room. Yeah, worldwide escorts him out. Well, you get mad that he's gone, so you start... Because uh, a guy was going to jump out of a window. How stupid could you be? He starts throwing steel chairs at me. <laughs> yeah, you start throwing at Steve Guy. I just catch one out yeah, of the air. Steve Guy just catches him and swats him away. Swats him away. <laughs> Then you hit Kaplan. somebody. No, before Kaplan, there was somebody else he hit with a chair. Uh, he knocked a drink out of my hand eventually. Okay. Oh, threw one at threw one at Worldwide when he came back in the room. Yeah, yeah. Worldwide because came he took back Benny in the room. Because he didn't let the guy jump out of the window. <laughs> so then he hits Kaplan with a chair. Well, Kaplan's so dumb that he just let the chair hit him in the head. He Unprotected yeah. chair shot. Well, then me and Hornswoggle are standing like against the one room. All of a sudden, a lady runs out in her pajamas going, get the fuck out of my house. So this room at Mahal's is some lady's apartment. Well, it's people who work there and the the one of the owners stays there when in town. Okay, well, That's, she was in pajamas I mad that the steel case. chairs were being thrown. Well, I, you can't I blame anybody her. in pajamas. You can't dude. exactly blame her. Uh, and then Lauren, oh, who helps just, set this people up, don't, people don't know how to have fun. Comes upstairs. Me and Hornswoggle have never laughed more in our lives. And this woman in pajamas telling everybody to get the fuck out of her the house. The suspenders keep coming down from John Thorne. You can put them back up and ripping them off. Swaggle, angle, Eddie baby. Kingston. Straps yeah. are coming down. And then you kept getting Angle's theme music being played you, you in the couldn't background. Get, you couldn't get out of your head that you wanted to uh, shoot press slam Hornswoggle. So you keep trying to lift him, but he's a very bottom-heavy fellow. Yeah, he's a heavy little guy. And then we're, yeah. Eventually, you That's got him up, you though, said. and you couldn't believe it. And then we're downstairs in the bar area. And we you, got give, uh, you give a fireman's carry to weird a weird body. body. F5. Well, it's it was more of a fireman's carry because you were running around. Well, with actually, him. no, I was going for an angle slam because the straps were down. Right. You were running almost, around with him on your him on your shoulders. Almost hit his head off a pillar. Yeah, his head almost knocks over all the bottles, hits <laughs> up on a pillar, and he just is like, ah, ah, ah. that fucking guy shouldn't have woke me up. <laughs> I would have been I would have been sleeping fine in that lady's house. Meanwhile, also still shouting, I will never retire. Oh, yeah, so at some point I became Ric Flair. Wild Kurt Angle. <laughs> Wild Kurt Angle. They all blended together, and it just chaos. So basically, oh, the after party is John Thorne being drunk, uh, being... It was fun, though. Mahal's loved it. Being antagonized by I don't Eddie know if Kingston they loved it, but... And oh. They invited us back, so it can't be that bad. Nobody gets arrested on this night. However, I will say this, because Eddie Kingston crashed at my place. We get home. We're there about 15, 20 minutes. Eddie's taking a shower. Two cops show up at my door. What do they want? They come knocking and pounding on the door. We got a we got a call for a, a disturbance that there was a big brawl going on 
at your address. <laughs> what? I'm like, what? The brawl was at May Hall's, not at my house. I'm like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. My buddy's a professional wrestler. I work the show. We just got back. I mean, we've only been here for maybe 15, 20 minutes. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, definitely wasn't us. And no police like, came for me. And they're cool. Can we just. Has Lakewood cops never seen a, a half Puerto Rican, half Irishman? Well, that was. The, so they are standing outside. And then they say, do you mind if we come in? Just make sure nobody's bloody and everything isn't, you know, yeah. messed up. Yeah, sure. No problem. Eddie was in, as I said, was in the shower. I'm staying in the kitchen. My bathroom is connected to the kitchen. Bathroom door opens up. There's Eddie Kingston shirtless walks out into a room with two cops to have. I'm sure he's used to that. Right. Of all people. Kingston, I would almost wonder if the cops think you're some kind of hostage or something. <laughs> exactly. Of all, in my mind, I'm like, there are two people that this would be a terrible thing for to walk out and see police officers unannounced. Eddie Kingston and Homicide. Thankfully, Eddie Kingston. Who just comes out like, what the fuck? Sir, what is your name? Homicide! <laughs> so, obviously, nobody's bloodied. I still have no idea what this disturbance was. Cops leave. Nobody arrested on this night. But it was scary. I'm glad I, that nobody was arrested. I, I don't know how we got away with chairs being thrown. and not, In that lady's house. <laughs> what's amazing is they didn't kick us out of the bar. No, they just said, go just, downstairs just to the bar downstairs. and drink more. Yeah, go drink more downstairs. Somebody should have took me home, I think. Somebody did eventually. Yeah, hopefully. Nick Senka? Oh, I didn't get home for days. <laughs> you made it home, though. We're we're in the home right now, the yeah. studio apartment. That's I made right. it home, but I, for days I was just wearing a suit and suspenders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any, I mean, any final thoughts on the Jelly of the Month Club? Here Can't wait to watch club? it. Lord <laughs> yeah. wants to watch it for the first time. Uh, everything I saw of it was excellent. Uh, the December shows, uh, for the most part, the last couple of years have always been a highlight of the year. So I think this was uh, the same. Well, that's going to do it here for us on The Card is Going to Change uh, from AIW. Thank you to everybody that attended any of our shows bought any sort of merchandise or bought any of the shows from 2016 uh i think i speak for chandler biggins and john thorne when i say we hope to see you at plenty of our shows in 2017 which have yet to happen yet uh first one being february 17th check that out uh thanks again to our sponsors smart mark video uh jack prince and angelo's pizza and let's not forget thanks to mahal's thanks to mahal's for not pressing charges <laughs> For not, uh, no one did jump out the window. It's okay. Well, it's for, probably better that way. Yeah. For not making me pay for any repairs. Uh, thank you for that. I apologize to anybody that I allegedly hit with a steel chair yeah, or any other foreign object that I found throughout the night. I know one point that Hornswoggle was autographing a, a bowling pin. He did autograph a bowling pin that yes. I got, I got a hold of and almost broke some things. So, uh, Thanks, Mahals. Yeah, and so... And I will be stone-cold sober for all of 2017. Yeah, okay. Stone we'll see cold. about that. At, at this point, it, you've probably heard enough stories of the after parties that happened in 2016. You should so be there in 2017. And there you go. Once again, I'm Steve Guy. For Chandler Biggins and John Thorne, have a good week, everybody. Thanks. You know. Ugh.